Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. Interesting approach from Mooney Valley too. The idea of using this race as a bit of a bargaining chip. It's sort of... I'm not sure everyone would feel good about that, that that, that's the role that the Cox Plate should have. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of Racing Pulse. Uh, It's a special edition. We'll be out here live for the remainder of the week because it is the 39th Asian Racing Conference where we have the heads of all the major racing jurisdictions around the globe virtually converging on Melbourne to talk about the current state and what the future of the racing industry looks like. And at the moment, it is a very poignant time for Australian racing and what it looks like as a whole. As I introduce Matty Stewart back in for his news segment. And, and Matty, we're going to kick off the news with uh, a major announcement which has uh, been made public overnight, and that is once again showing the dysfunction of the Racing Australia board and set up because Robert Wishaw was the Tasmanian delegate, uh, the director on Racing Australia and um, Robin's about to join us but in her resignation letter in part she says uh, that it is the dysfunction of uh, the Racing Australia board set up which has led to her decision. In my view the aim of such threats is to try and keep other states in line. The toxicity at meetings has meant we have not had a chairman for almost over a year and I've decided to make my reasons public for one simple but important reason. All those involved in the thoroughbred industry deserve better, much better. And, of course, this is all off the back of Racing New South Wales taking the other principal racing organisations to court, Matt. Yeah, no, you get the sense that the, the walls... Yeah, not the walls are closing in, but the, the focus is sharpening on all of these issues, these disruptive issues, and Robin Wishaw's resignation letter, which uh, I've have, I have a copy of that, and uh, it's very detailed about her frustrations, and when she joins us uh, shortly, she's going to uh, 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 sort of elaborate on, on some of those reasons, and a lot of it's about, as she described as dysfunction, but I think that the tipping point might have been the animal welfare issue across... Uh, uh, the umbrella approach that is not being uh, uh, taken across all states, and I think that's a major frustration uh, for her and others. So, uh, looking forward so to having current, a ch- the, the current state of play is that there is no chairman. Um, there is now the Tasmanian board member who has resigned. Um, we've got a CEO, Paul Erickson, who is here this week, and um, we've we've asked Paul to come on. We're yet to get an answer, but we are hopeful that we will get a CEO that will come on and have a a chat to us about a number of issues, not just what's going on at board level, but um, where are the pattern committee discussions? Where are the um, all the issues re-equine welfare that are sitting at the table that haven't been able to be progressed? Yeah, and where are the, where are the basic um, cor- um, sort of uh, correspondences too? I mean, I spoke to a text exchange with Paul Erickson a few days ago just asking the simple question of uh, if the Cox Plate or any other group race is to move... Uh, does it need to be ratified by Racing Australia? And I wasn't even able to get an answer to a yes or no question. So looking forward to having a chat to Paul Erickson. Uh, if he's uh, up for it this week, uh, uh, Robin Wishaw is about to join us. Uh, we're just about well, to... While we're waiting for Robin, I thought it was interesting, um, the interview that Andrew Bensley did yesterday um, with uh, the boss of, of Hong Kong, Wilfred Ingebert Breges, on a number of issues, including the whip. Yeah, exactly. Let's have a listen. I think, in a way, we are not as prescriptive. And sometimes you have to look at a societal contact, because 
people feel in a way that one uh, felt one has to put more measures in. The other issue is, and I would humbly submit, if you have 24 jockeys who are, and the monitoring of races, even before a race, after a race, there's no other jurisdiction has this intensity. And if there would be any whip-rule breaches in relation to animal welfare, they would be detected and we would take action. But I feel one has to be very mindful how uh, one prescribe issues. And uh, it can get a little bit difficult when it goes now 200 meters counting. I, I think we have to find a way, probably general, and that is a general harmonization rule of uh, races and rules of racing around the world. I'm very hesitant and I'll caution. If you, with whip rule, and you change orders of placings, it will create massive issues of customers who feel differently. Well, that was obviously regarding the whip rules, and Hong Kong doesn't have one as such. Uh, there was an interesting comment from, uh, and Robin Wishaw is about to join us. Uh, she's on the line, so if Robin, you can just hang on for a minute or so. This is uh, Winfred Engelbert Breeches as well. Uh, uh, this is on .com when discussing the argy-bargy between New South Wales and Victoria. I think for me it comes back. One has to find what are the common objectives one wants to achieve as a sport. And competition, healthy competition, I personally think improves. But one has to find, in my humble view, a way how one overcomes these difficulties and uh, uh, sometimes hostilities and how we look at the future. What is, if you want to address a customer challenge, do we think we can this only in one state, or is this not more an issue which impacts the whole Australia? So that's why I hope that uh, in the medium term that one can find a common ground, but again, it comes back. One has to understand what the challenge is. One has to understand what the common objectives should be, and then work out a compromise. And this is in life normally, if you don't create win-win situations, nobody likes it, especially if you have two strong bodies. Well, I imagine Robin Wishaw, um, the Tassie rep, or the former Tassie rep on the Racing Australia board and the head of uh, the famous uh, Armidale Stud in Tasmania, would have been nodding along in agreement with uh, uh, Winfred Engelbert Breeze when he was um, offering his view on the, on the impasse between New South Wales and Victoria. And, of course, Racing Australia is a central factor in all that. And Robin Wishaw um, wrote a resignation letter yesterday, and I have a copy of that here, and there's been some stuff written about it as well, where she's been very strong uh, in her de- language regarding her decision to, to step away from the Racing Australia table, and she joins us. Uh, g'day, Robin. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, Michael. How are you? Very good. Uh, Matt and Michael are, are here, and Robin, uh, I know your passion and love and what you've been doing for racing uh, in Tasmania and all around Australia, so... You could sense a frustration in this resignation letter. How long and how tough a decision uh, has this been for you to make? Um, I have been very frustrated, that's true. And I suppose I'm a practical person. I've grown up in the industry and worked in the industry all my life. And I felt, going on to the Racing Australia board that I would be able to make a positive contribution and perhaps lend a more practical um, balance to the board. Um, And I just found it very frustrating 
not a lot gets done and, and um, it's not a healthy culture there and, and certainly um, I, I did really resonate with the, with the previous speaker's comments about common objectives and compromise. They're two things that certainly aren't being looked at at the moment. Um, so it, in the end it wasn't a hard decision to resign because I don't want to waste my time and... Um, and I felt I wasn't getting anywhere and not being listened to. So um, I think it's more important that the, the general racing public, the people who participate in this industry, and I believe that's somewhere between 80 and 100,000 people who are involved, um, they need to know what's going on and that they're not being looked after. This might seem like a really basic question, Robin, but why is it so dysfunctional? Um, in my view, um, probably personalities um, and and the fact that two states have power of veto. Um, and if you choose to use that regularly, um, it just stifles any progress or, or, or any discussion. How important is it that Racing Australia functions uh, properly? And I know that seems like a very basic question as well, but... When you think of the significant issues that Racing Australia is supposedly uh, there to deal with, such as welfare issues across uh, a smooth running of welfare issues, the pattern which seems to have just been trashed in recent times by pop-ups and invasions from other jurisdictions and so on, and uh, rules, reforms such as whips and all sorts of things... It, it, it just seems extraordinary that a body that seemingly has such a significant function has been so dysfunctional for so long. It's, it's mind-boggling, really. I mean, and I came into it, it was dysfunctional well before I joined the board. Um, how long before, I'm not sure, because I think it's something that a lot of the uh, people who aren't on the board aren't that aware of. It, it's vital. Australian needs... We're a racing country. We're not racing states. We're a country. Our horses travel all round Australia to race. Our broodmares travel from Tasmania up to Queensland and Queensland to Western Australia, whatever. We have jockeys flying to every state. We need a strong body to oversee it. And this hasn't been happening. And it's not been happening for some time. Racing Australia hasn't even got a chairman. No one will take on the mm. position of chairman. So, Robert, can you just explain... When you mean when you say the toxicity, uh, toxicity at meetings has meant we've not got a chairman, and it's uh, and, and and you said just before it's not a healthy environment to be in. What exactly is that toxicity that you talk about? Is it that the different states won't communicate properly together? There is no um, want to um, meet in the middle. There's certainly a, look. There's some very. There's some states on there that I'm sure... There's some people on the board that I'm sure are there for the right reasons, but I feel there's some long-held grudges between individual states that people won't let go of. Certainly compromise isn't a word that comes to mind with any dealings on the board. And um, states are living fear of being served legal writs from other states, and that's not a healthy environment to be in. No, it's a terrible... That certainly doesn't speak of compromise and collaboration. No, it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't. Uh, 
What has to happen then, Robin? We spoke to the former Racing Minister, Martin Pakula, earlier about, well, we all know that this is a dysfunctional body and that nothing's going to change while the certain individuals are still there. But what, what can and should happen next? Is it federal intervention? Are they even interested? Um, you know, we all know that a dropping of the veto powers is something that will lead to a smoother uh, outcome. But, well, one of them isn't prepared to do that. Is there any way out that you can see at the moment? Look, it is very... No, not, not readily. It is very hard to see a way forward. But the reason I made my resignation public is that I wanted the people in the industry, the people that the industry serves, because let's face it, racing belongs to the people who invest in it. It doesn't belong to the administrators. And we must remember that. So I think it's really important that those people are aware of what's happening and that they are involved in having a say on how we move forward. But it is very difficult to see how it will be resolved. And it impacts in so many areas. There's this one little thread that I picked up from uh, uh, Winfred Engelbert Breges uh, in one of his conversations about when you split the talent, as is, is happening with all these pop-ups and feature races run on the same day and Golden Eagles jumping in on Derby Day and things like that, is you weaken the quality of the winners and then, as you would know in the breeding world, it's... Uh, if you've got sort of almost in inverted commas artificial winners of group one races and, and major races then going off to start it can have a a, a sort of a, a a negative impact on the quality of breeding stock can't it if the if the horses are going start to start aren't the best of the best Winifred's absolutely hit the nail on the head absolutely um and that's something that's not getting looked at it at a racing australia level and there's no, there doesn't seem to be any compromise between between uh, the states. So it, it's a real issue for our industry, and I think the participants need to be involved in trying to move this forward and find a re- resolution because we certainly need one. And I think Australia, Australia is certainly not held in very high regard by other racing jurisdictions because people are very aware of of this impasse and the fact that Racing Australia really isn't functioning properly. Robin, final question. I appreciate you coming on to to be so open and honest about this, but uh, we've asked Racing New South Wales to come on and and they haven't um, been available. Uh, Even Paul Erickson from Racing Australia were hopeful of getting on, but you've sat in the meetings, you've spoken to them directly one-on-one. What is the reasoning that Racing New South Wales gives within the meetings for not wanting to acquiesce at all, not wanting to contemplate giving up their veto rights? Look, I am not at liberty to comment um, on what goes on, actually, what's said in the meetings, but I just, I just need to make it really clear that there are states that use their veto to curtail discussion and, and use it regularly, and so they don't have to give a reason. When you've got a veto, you don't need to give a reason. It, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. And there's, a, there's an old saying, and we're not talking about anyone specific, of course, Robin, but uh, there's an old saying that you should never bow to a bully. So we'll see how things play out. Yes, we will. But I, I, I sincerely hope for, for our industry, because I love our industry. It's, it's a great industry, and there's some wonderful people in it. And I sincerely hope we can move on from this and find a way for Racing Australia to work collaboratively um, with and work on the common objective, which isn't really happening at the moment. Um, and 
improve the industry because we're the envy of a lot of people in a lot of ways. Our prize money's amazing. Our climate's terrific. We can breed wonderful horses um, and we have some outstanding jockeys and uh, trainers. Um, but it, it's very sad that at the top it's so unhealthy. Uh, and we'll end on a positive because uh, we know that the Tassie uh, form has been batting well above uh, its uh, weight group, or weight for age uh, uh, horses in recent years. And uh, nominations yep. for the Ladbrokes Launceston Cup close at 12 noon today. We'll be down there next week, mate, yep. broadcasting. And you must be very proud, Robin, of uh, what all of those Tassie horses have been doing in recent times. Yeah, we've had some great graduates from the state more recently. Mystic Journey and Still a Star. And I, I'd encourage people to um, uh, to vote for the inevitable. <laughs> a little, <laughs> he's not a Tassie-bred horse, but he's a little Tassie racehorse with a huge heart who's trying to get into the All-Star Mile. So Tassie's very proud of its product. And um, a yearling sale is on next Monday in Tassie. And there's always a few good horses that come out of that. And Robin, next time Alpine Wolf's little sister Sienna Wolf uh, visits, can you give us something to stunt her growth? She's uh, last seen uh, <laughs> topping 17.1 hands at oh, Mark Gannett Stable. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think you need to pay your bills. Do your best. I think Might taking up smoking is supposed to stunt now. your growth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good on you, Robin. Hey, um, thanks so much for coming on board. I know you. This is a very passionate issue, and, uh, and uh, you've articulated it, it very well, and, uh, and we hope that um, your words are stinging, and we hope that they resonate. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Good on you, Robin. Robin Wishaw there. This is... It's becoming clearer and clearer. We've known it for some time. It's becoming clearer and clearer that there is a... It's, it's almost a perilous state in some ways that the, that the, the racing's going in this country because of these things. With, and it's just, it's just playing out in such a, uh, an unfortunate way and hopefully circuit breakers aren't far away. Hey, yes, Bendigo Sunday, there was another one of those whip protests uh, lodged. It was interesting that it sort of went through to the keeper. It was uh, the race that uh, Nathan Newton rode in where he was the jockey and owner of a horse called Three Over Two. And this is the stewards report. Rostino... The second place getter prior to correct weight rider Tio Nugent lodged an objection against three over two, being declared the winner on the grounds of alleged overuse of whip by rider Nathan Newton. After taking evidence from all parties, it was established that, that rider Nathan Newton had uh, used the whip on 13 occasions prior to the 100 and total of 24 times. However, being in mind the manner, bearing in mind the manner in which both horses found the line and the margin of a short head, stewards could not be comfortably satisfied and dismissed the protest. Had it been a short half head, maybe they might have made a different... Uh, different or a dead heat, because the only time it's been overturned it was a dead heat, because the constant um, response is we can't determine um, what extra whip strikes um, add on from a margin point of view, but if it's a dead heat, it is easier to uphold the whip process. Well, I think if, you, if, if you, you'll get a short half head soon, it'll be upheld, and it'll uh, open that up. Uh, Matty, we're going to have the final field for the Lightning Stakes, which will hopefully come through in the next hour. Um, Team Mar Eustace are going to gang-tackle the Lightning with three horses now. Moravi, Bella, Nipatina joining Cool and Gatter as well. So I think this is going to be a stronger Lightning Stakes than what most people had anticipated a few weeks ago. Uh, your old mate, Nature Strips, a dollar eighty, Matty. You're still willing to say he can't win on Saturday? 
Not saying he can't win. I think a dollar eighty's about the right price. You know, the 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 absolutely rip roaring nature strip would be a dollar fifty, but a dollar eighty sums up the hint of vulnerability at his age now. And I'm I'm not. I just got a feeling he might get rolled. Is what I said. So. Um, We've clipped that up because tomorrow Chris Waller will join us live here. So you can say, play back to Chris Waller, a <laughs> feeling he might get rolled rather than your interpretation of he can't win. Uh, well, we'll see what Chris Waller has to say when he joins us out here. Uh, a little later, you'll come back and join us too because our old mate Lee Mottishead uh, is over here from Racing Post and he'll also uh, be joined by the boss of the British Horse Racing Association. So that'll be around about 1040 I think we've got that locked in for with Julie Harrington joining us. There's a lot to discuss. So much going the, on in English UK racing. Yeah, the, 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 well. the, the, they've got the same crowd issues, cost issues, whip issues. Um, there's so much going on over there um, regarding all sorts of reforms, weight betting reforms and that that are really, really uh, hard to believe in some ways. So we'll ask uh, Julie Harrington about that as well and, and Lee Mottishead, who has written a lot of columns about that that particular issue. We'll take a break. Lindsay Smith will find us some midweek winners. And, Matty, I'm looking forward to catching up with Mark Purden, champion, harness racing trainer, the All-Stars. They're now entering the world of thoroughbreds as well.